It's the Monday Wrap with my dad, Pastor Mark. Well, hello everyone, this is Pastor Mark, and you're joining me on the Monday Wrap for Sunday, November 7th, 2021, in a message that I entitled, An Inconvenient Truth, based on Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7. Let's read that verse. During the days of Jesus' life, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverent submission. You know, folks, have you ever experienced something inconvenient in life? You know, we all have, haven't we? And it only takes one thing to make something inconvenient, doesn't it? I mean, for example, maybe you're having a great day, everything's going well, and a person comes in and he complains and it totally ruins your day. That's inconvenience, isn't it? Or your day's running very efficiently and, and then you hit that long line at the grocery store or the department store and your whole day is gone. Or you need to get somewhere, but you notice your sink is leaking and you have to change your plans or you're working on that project of the house and your spouse comes along and tells you you need to do something different, right? I mean, there's no shortage of inconvenience in life. Google, the Google Dictionary says that an inconvenience is a trouble or a difficulty caused by one person's requirements or comfort. Uh, Webster's Dictionary says that an inconvenience is a, a problem or trouble for someone. But I love the Cambridge Dictionary's definition the best. It says that an inconvenience is a state or an example of problems or trouble, often causing a delay or a loss in comfort. A state or an example of problems or trouble often causing a delay or a loss in comfort. You know, we're looking at we're looking at Hebrews chapter five verse seven. Title of my sermon is, uh, or my message is, an inconvenient truth. And no, we're not talking about Al Gore's 2006 film about global warming, right? But I want to submit to you that Hebrews chapter five verse seven contains an inconvenient truth, right? Going off our Cambridge Dictionary definition of inconvenience, that's something that's troubling to us, right? Something that's difficult for us to comprehend or accept, something that provides a bit of discomfort for us. In other words, there's something in this verse that we just don't like. And you say, well, pastor, what is it? Well, let's look at it. Let's break this verse down into its parts Look at each part and see which one of them is inconvenient, right? Maybe maybe a bunch of them are. Maybe it's only one. I don't know. Let's look. First of all, in this verse, Jesus prayed fervently. That's the first thing we see. Jesus prayed fervently. It says, during the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears. That's a pretty cool thing about Jesus, isn't it? He calls us to, li- to lives of prayer. We know this. First Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray continually. Luke 18 verse 1 says, men ought always to pray. And the list goes on and on, right? We are called to be prayer warriors. But Jesus doesn't just tell us to pray. He models it for us as well, doesn't it? He models the continual, fervent, heartfelt prayer life. You know, in the army, we had a principle of leadership called leadership by example. And Jesus demonstrates this principle, doesn't he? Jesus shows us what it means to be in communion with the Father. What fervent prayer looks like. But we look at that and we go, no, wait a minute, that's not inconvenient. That's cool. That's comforting. That's motivating. It's not inconvenient. That's convenient. Like we said, it 
Let's keep going because it only takes one thing to make something inconvenient, right? So what else do we learn from this verse? Secondly, we learn that Jesus prayed to the Father. It says he prayed to the one who could save him from death. Now, this is obviously a reference here. This part of the verse is obviously a reference to the Garden of Gethsemane and Jesus' prayer that the cup of death be taken from him. Jesus got down on his knees and prayed so hard that he bled from the pores in his skin. He cried out to the Father, Father, take this cup from me. Jesus knew the source of salvation, didn't he? He knew who could save him from the hands of the Roman authorities, from the religious leaders of the day, and from certain death As he faced the future of pain and suffering and tribulation, Jesus knew that he had to go to the Father. There was no one else who could help him. And folks, that's a motivation for me today. I mean, to know that I have an audience with the Father too, with God himself, right? The Bible tells us that, that we can go to God whenever we want, in whatever posture, right? We can just, when we need God, we go to him Jesus models this for us. When I face tribulation and trial and suffering and doubt and whatever is bringing discomfort to me, it brings me peace and confidence to know that I can go to God just like Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane. Again, Jesus models for us a reliance upon and a trust of God, the Father, that is awesome. But you say, wait a minute. That's not inconvenient either. That's, that's again, that's comforting, even exhilarating. But again, let's keep going because, once more, it only takes one thing to make something inconvenient. Maybe we'll find it in the last part of this verse. And that one tells us, right, the last part of this verse says that Jesus' prayers were heard. It says, and he was heard because of his reverent submission. Because Jesus was such an obedient follower of God, because he submitted to the Father in reverence and respect and trust, his prayers were heard. Yes, right? I love it principles clear when we're faithful and obedient when we follow god just like jesus did he hears us that's all over scripture we, we read that in other passages as well don't we and you say but wait that's not inconvenient either i mean i guess someone could argue that having to obey and be faithful is a bit inconvenient <laughs> But the principle that obedience and faithfulness leads to being heard by God is fair and right and true, isn't it? I really couldn't ask for more from God, could I? So what's going on here? We're at the end of the verse, and it all sounds very convenient to me. I mean, first of all, Jesus prayed fervently, and thus I'm encouraged to pray fervently. I'm given a beautiful model of the faithful prayer life. Secondly, Jesus prayed to the Father, and I have the same audience with the Father myself. Praise the Lord. And third, and like Jesus, when I humbly submit to the Lord in obedience and faith, he hears my prayers. What's inconvenient about any of this? Well, we need to go back a little bit. We need to take a step back in Hebrews 5-7. Go back to that garden of Gethsemane. Go back to the part of Hebrews 5, 7, where it says that he prayed to the one who could save him from death. Jesus cried out for God to remove the sting of death from him, didn't he? But what happened? Jesus went to the cross anyway, didn't he? The father heard Jesus's prayer, but he didn't answer it the way Jesus asked. 
Jesus' humanity cried out for relief, but the Father's wisdom motivated him to continue with the mission to put Jesus on that cross, not because he was set on not answering Jesus' prayer, but because he knew that the best thing for humanity was for Jesus to die a sacrificial death for all mankind, for all time. Amen, folks. Do you hear that? God knew what was best. God the Father in his wisdom knew what we needed. So even though Jesus said, take this cup from me, God said, no, we've got a mission and we've got to complete it. So folks, the inconvenient truth is that God does not always answer prayer the way we want. God is not a puppet on a string. God is not a Burger King God where we get things our way. God's wisdom is so far superior to ours. Remember what Paul said in 1 Corinthians uh, uh, chapter 1, verse 25. He said, For the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. We cannot fathom the wisdom of God. God is clairvoyant. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. He's all-seeing, or however you want to describe him. And because of this, he can and does demonstrate an infinitely pure and goodly wisdom, folks. You know, we pray for things a lot, don't we? We ask for certain things and we want them to be done in certain ways, under certain conditions, in accordance with certain timelines. And, and sometimes God answers our prayers just like we ask Him. But if we truly believe in His infinite wisdom, then we must accept that sometimes He won't answer our prayers the way we ask. Because He's looking out for what's best for mankind and for the outworking of His kingdom plan. And there will likely be many occasions when our prayers are answered in a way that seems wrong or hurtful or non-beneficial to, to us. But folks, this is where trust comes into play, isn't it? This is where the rubber of faith meets the road of reality. When we're presented with what looks like abandonment by God, yet in our faith we say like Job, I trust my God and I will follow my God no matter what. That's when we exhibit true faith. Job lost everything, didn't he? Yet he remained true to God. Why? Because he knew God had his back. And in the end, God did, didn't he? Scripture says God blessed Job with twice as much as he had in the beginning. Why? Because Job stayed true. Job trusted. And Job endured. Folks, how do we have faith like Job? When we're presented with the inconvenient truth of life sometimes that God doesn't always answer the prayer our prayers the way we want them answered how do we deal with that how do we prepare our hearts to deal with that how do we ensure that the rubber of our faith meets the road of reality in a positive way We've got three things. We shared three things on Sunday morning. First of all, we've got to pray hard. And what I mean by that is we've got to be diligent in our prayer. We've got to be dedicated to prayer. We've got to be disciplined in prayer. We've got to do prayer every day and not just do it, right, but be it. Prayer's got to be who we are. It's got to exude from the pores of our skin. We've got to give it all we got in prayer, right? We've got to make prayer a priority in our lives. And secondly, we said we've got to pray expectantly. We've got to pray knowing that God can do what we ask. We never doubt, right? Those who doubt are like a ship tossed in the wind, cast to and fro, right? It's what scripture says. We can got to believe that God can do what he says he can do. We've got to be confident in the Lord. And then thirdly, we've got to pray trustingly. 
We got to pray expectantly, but pray trustingly, knowing that the omniscient, all-wise God of creation will always do what is best, what is good, what is right, and what is pure. As we must accept his final judgment, even if it is counter to our wishes. Why? Because we are not God, and he is. Amen. (laughs) How do we be like Job? We pray like Job. We pray hard, we pray expectingly, we pray trustingly. We put our faith completely and fully in Him. We realize that God is not going to always do things exactly the way we want them done. But we accept that God is wiser than we can fathom. And we put our trust in Him. Well, folks, I hope this Monday wrap has been helpful to you. I hope that it blesses you, and I hope you have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next Sunday. God bless. Join us next week for the Monday Wrap with my dad.